this is Dawn Schuler, certified trainer and business consultant at the Schuler Group with the People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. When my daughter, who is now 23, was two, two and a half in that terrible two challenging year, it was quite challenging for her father and myself. She would do this thing where she would stomp on my feet or she would scream in my face, probably to, one, somehow express her frustration with whatever was going on in her little world. She didn't really have a better way to do it. Or two, to get our attention. And as young parents, we weren't sure the best way to deal with this. Uh, We soon learned you can't really reason with a two, two and a half year old and say, please don't do that. Mommy and daddy don't like that, etc. It also didn't help to get angry. Although when you've got somebody screaming in your face, it's awfully difficult not to be angry. And we found out the hard way that getting angry didn't really help or do anything either. So we eventually came up with a way to deal with this. And the strategy was do not engage. So when we were home and this happened, we would just pick her up, wouldn't look at her, wouldn't talk to her, but would pick her up, go put her in her room, place her on the bed or floor, whatever, walk out of the room and shut the door. Do not engage. And eventually she might scream a little bit more, but she'd stop and we'd go back up, however much longer it was, it might have been 20 minutes, made sure that there was some buffer of time after the tantrum or whatever it was stopped. And then we'd go in and, you know, that would go on as if that hadn't happened. Because again, you can't reason with a two and a half year old and you cannot explain that that wasn't the right thing to do and here's a better way, et cetera, et cetera. Why this worked for us was because it was a strategy. We knew what to do when this situation happened. It also, and this was probably the more important piece, is that one, because we had a strategy, here's what you do. Two, that strategy included not talking to her, not looking at her, not engaging with her. It kept us from getting too emotionally charged by this encounter. And of course, she came out of the terrible twos and became a lovely, lovely young 23-year-old with a few years in between. Not to say that there weren't challenges, but that do not engage strategy just has really stuck in my mind. What this means for us in the corporate world And some of you may be thinking, yeah, so-and-so acts like a a two-and-a-half-year-old throwing a tantrum. I wish I could just pick him up and go put him in his room, shut the door, and not talk to him. That's not exactly what I'm getting at here. Yes, there may be those people 
And hopefully there are very few of them and hopefully it doesn't happen that often. So that's that's not the scenario that I'm I'm trying to paint or to say, here's use the do not engage method. It comes into play though in situations where it's maybe not as cut and dry. You don't have a two and a half year old screaming in your face. And therefore it might be a little more insidious harder to figure out, not as obvious of a problem or how do we react. As complex intelligence humans, I think we are wired, or maybe it's just a cultural wiring, to respond when someone talks to us or asks us a question. It doesn't occur to us that if somebody asks us a question, we can say, I'm not going to answer that. It may not occur to us that while we want to answer, maybe we don't have to answer instantly. Can I think about that and get back to you tomorrow or next week? That it is okay to, in essence, not engage in that particular form of communication. That's where I see that this comes into play for most of us on a somewhat regular basis. Another situation where I see that need for a do not engage strategy is in a little bit more of a negative situation. And it may be not the screaming tantrum two and a half year old end of the spectrum, But somewhere along there with someone who maybe is having a bad day and might be taking it out on you or on others. And so it can be very appropriate to say, this isn't a good time for us to have this conversation. I'm going to leave the office or I'm going to go to my office or I'm going to leave this meeting. And let's resume this later today or tomorrow morning. And the reason I say that is because one, you're not acting out of anger. You're not in essence hanging up on them. You're saying, I'm disengaging myself from this situation. And I understand that We may need to finish this communication. We may need to sort out the problem. We may need to deal with this issue, but let's do it when the circumstances are different. That's what I'm trying to get to with the do not engage strategy. It's about lining things up for the most optimal communication. We, no matter how deliberate we are or how much we think things ahead or we've thought about the purpose outcome method or we'd like to, we do tend to react. Do not engage is a way to not react. It's a self-regulating mechanism but you have to you have to engage that self-regulating mechanism. You have to engage the do not engage 
switch. And sometimes that means taking a deep breath, being aware of your feelings, and thinking, do we need to do this now? And sometimes we do, but that doesn't mean we still can't try to shift things and make the situation as optimal as possible in the moment for the best communication, the best resolution, the best solution. And so that might look like even changing positions a little bit. I remember one evening, Mark, my husband and business partner, were having a bit of an animated discussion and it was going all over the place. And so what I said is, actually, I actually gently and lovingly moved him a few steps and said, we can have that conversation when we're here. And then I moved us back to the position we were in a few steps ago and said, let's talk about that original situation in this space. Now that works, of course, because I have permission to touch him. I have permission to, here, let's move over here. But you could do that without that level of relationship or intimacy. It could even be so far as, say you're in a conference room and saying, hey, let's have that bit of a discussion over in these chairs over here. And we'll have this first part of the discussion where we're sitting right now. And sometimes that's enough to stop the, you know, whatever that behavior is that is non-conducive to forward motion. And then there are times when the situation is truly, for lack of a better word, toxic. Doesn't mean that the person is or the relationship is, but in the moment, because we've all been there, we've been on both sides of it, where we're we're not behaving or the other person is not behaving in a civil manner that is wholesome for all involved. In those moments, it is appropriate to disengage yourself from the situation, take yourself out if needed, because you can't carry the other person up to their room and plop them on the floor and shut the door. But you can take yourself out and say, we'll resume this later. If needed, do that. Again, as I said at the beginning, I'm hoping that that's not a normal need, that there aren't those people or those relationships to where you have to employ that particular strategy where you just have to remove yourself immediately from the situation. It's really more about the subtle uses of the do not engage strategy from not having to answer a question, not having to answer immediately, whether it's a question or making some sort of commitment. It can be Yes, we're going to continue this conversation in this moment, but we need to do it differently. And so you are actually engaging, but you are engaging differently. You are choosing to not engage in the path that things were going. You are disengaging from that path and saying, let's walk down this other path. This is 
absolutely the heart of emotional intelligence. That emotional intelligence is made up of four things. Self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, social management. So you have to be aware of what's going on with you and be able to regulate it. You have to be aware of what's going on with others and manage your behavior with regard to them. It's not about controlling them, but saying, okay, it's important that that we get to this solution or this is our end goal. The path that we're on right now isn't working for me. Is it working for you? If they were to say it is working, that would be that would be interesting. I would think that most people in a situation where there's some tension or conflict would probably agree this is not working. All right, let's do it differently. And there may need to be a regrouping. Here's what I'm feeling. And the other person has the opportunity to say what they're feeling. If that's a little too touchy-feely for you, it can be more, what are we trying to do here? That purpose outcome method piece. What's the desired outcome? And it seems like we need to change our methods because our our current methods aren't aren't getting us to that outcome. So whether you're using the subtle version of do not engage, which is simply let's disengage from this path and engage on another path, and it could just be a few degrees from that original one, but that may be all it takes in order to get to that desired outcome, which is forward motion, resolution, solution, goal, whatever it might be. I'd love to hear your thoughts and experiences that might have benefited from some form of a do not engage strategy, whether that is a subtle form, just a shifting of the path, or all the way to the gross form, which is you physically have to disengage yourself. Feel free to leave your comments over at www.theshulergroupllc.com. And until next time, may you thrive.